This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, welcome back to the Behold podcast, everybody. This is Sean and Dan. As usual, although not in our 100% state, which we'll get to in a second, but man, what a treat today we have. We are joined by the one and only, he's kind of an international mystery man, and I'll say he doesn't always drink smoothies, but when he does, it's mostly spinach. Jason Moog, everybody. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thank you for man. having me. It's nice to be Moog. back. Yeah, it's been a while, man. You've, you've, been, you've been focusing on, on other things uh, as of late, and we've been waiting for this day when you would return and when you would grace us with your presence once again. And, uh, I gotta say, you're looking really good. The, the lettuce is flowing really nice. Uh, the beard is, is going, but it's a little trimmed, uh, you know, for the new year. And, yeah. uh, yeah, man, it's, it's really, really great to have you. Um, we want to, we want to ha- get a little quick check-in on, some new things that are happening with the quest ministry. I, I think there's some really exciting th- things happening, like a l- little bit of a resurgence almost, I think in quest ministries. Um, so maybe uh, you could just give us, I don't know, some cool evidences of grace. Like how have you seen God working with young adults at VBC? <clears throat> yeah. For those listening who don't know, quest is what we call our young adult ministry here at Valley Bible Church that I have the privilege of overseeing the team that cares for young adults. And since we're not, Oh, maybe we'll use the term mega church. I don't know if that term's around anymore, but we're not that big mega mega church that has like a college ministry and then separately from that a, a career age ministry and then separately from that a you know newly married ministry. We kind of squish it all together and call it quest and serve people in different ways. And and because of COVID and just you know various things, we've been rebuilding in a lot of ways. And got yeah, I feel like there's a lot of great appropriate energy and excitement about the different ministries counseling and discipleship and our Thursday night gathering service and different things like that. So, yeah, I just came off of, we've done three weeks on Tuesday night of some of our young adult small groups decided to host a a series of panels on relationships and the dynamic between men and women. And so that's been, so we did one, um, we do that around this time every year, but we did one, a few weeks back where we had experts come on the panel, married men and women who shared their thoughts and let people do live Q and a. And then the past two weeks have been a peer panel. So young adults from our group, men went first round and the ladies went second round. And it was just really sweet night, really encouraging, great turnout. Lots of them came, lots of people invited friends, which reminds me, Dan, what's your phrase? Is it be a friend, bring a friend? Or bring a friend, tell a friend. Uh, it's it's interchange. It's interchangeable. It's interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. But so we we quoted you. Someone quoted you because during this whole panel thing, they were saying, uh, stating the phrase, "Be a friend, bring a friend." Um, quoted by D'Angela, worship minister at Valley Bible Church. Did it. Nice, um, nice. But someone, <laughs> someone, someone said, "No, no, no." He says, "Be a friend, tell a friend." So I probably said bit. it both ways, you know, probably, yeah. it's, and the, the bees yeah. roll off better. Be a friend, bring a friend. And I think bringing is always better than telling. Right. Or inviting. Yeah. So that's a little, yeah. that's a little, little challenge to our listeners. There is a difference from inviting, which is important to invite a coworker, a neighbor, someone, but uh, there's a difference from that and bringing someone like I'll meet you at Starbucks. We'll drive together. I'll pick you up. And yeah, so I'll maybe. kidnap you. I'll throw, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you in the back, <laughs> back of the trunk. Yeah. Back. Awesome, anyway, dude. so yeah, so we're just encouraged that that was one highlight, you know, evidence of grace. Another thing is um we're uh uh we're doing a series on Thursday nights and anybody's welcome to come. The Thursday night thing is hosted by young adults, college age and career age people, but it's open to anybody in the church, especially if you're if you're traveling on the weekend, come to our Thursday night service, seven o'clock. There's a really good worship um team. Dan oversees that. And mm. we're doing a series on purpose we're calling it living with purpose and we're looking at five reasons everyone's on the planet so we're just on we're gonna spend we're gonna spend six months doing it so we're just on purpose number one right now man you guys are tackling all the big mysteries of the universe you know relationships and and what's what's the purpose of my life man you guys are it's a hard-hitting 
uh, type of ministry you guys are going after there. I love it. Yeah. Well, and I'm looking at two, I mean, in this podcast, I'm looking at two quest alumni right now. So wow. we, we, it, we made it, it. There's been some fruit. There's been some fruit <laughs> from, from this. I love it, dude. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Well, well, you um, you may notice, Sean. Maybe you should tell him we we sound probably a little different than uh, what you might be used to. Um, you want to tell him the news, Sean? What 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 kind of a podcast this is? You are listening to two of the newest Idahoan landowners. I'm just kidding. No, we're, we're, oh my god! Please do not start that controversy. That is a joke. Yeah, actually, this is a funny story. Paggy and I are, I talked about this on the, on the podcast one time, Paggy and I in June are hopefully moving to a different house in Pleasanton. And I used that joke on somebody at church recently. They go, oh, you're moving? I was like, yeah, I'm moving like, to Idaho. And you know, their face you know, was melting. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding, oh just kidding, just kidding. But then someone comes up, someone comes up to me this last Sunday and he's like, hey, I heard the news, man. And I was like, oh, what, what news? He's like, you're moving. And I was like, yeah, we're moving in June. I'm really excited about it. I can't believe you're doing this. It's like, what do you mean? You're moving oh to gosh. Idaho. Rumors like, spread so fast. I know. And I said, who told you that? He's like, someone at church told me. He told me who. I was like, oh my goodness. I made it so clear. I was joking. And he wouldn't believe me. He's like, wait, so are you actually moving to Idaho? I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I'm not moving to Idaho. He's like, but is this a joke? It was, it was just a whole thing. Anyways, let it be known. I am very clearly saying Dan and I are not actually moving to Idaho at this time. Anyways, but what we do, what we do have is COVID-19 at the moment. Wow. That was a big leap. We're both feeling just fine, you know, super mild, but we're uh, on days two and three, I think of our respective quarantines. So, yep. We're on zoom, just chilling, doing, doing our work. But we always, we always said we were going to get COVID together. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's I'm I'm really upset that my streak has ended. I felt like I had a really good good run, you know. Like I haven't gotten it this whole time, and uh, and so I think it's very fitting. It's apropos, if you will, that we 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 went down together. We did always um, know. And I do want to say I do want to say you know I just apologize in advance for the sniffles and the sneezes and the coughs and the congestion. Um, my wife has already told me that she's not going to be listening to this week's podcast because of those reasons, because <laughs> that's the last thing she wants to hear in her, in her ears really close. And, uh, she's already hearing it all day long. So, um, uh, hopefully you guys will bear with us as we go through this thing, but I'm excited. I think we got a good show coming up. Yeah. And, and, and I got to talk with, we talked a little bit before we started here and I, I didn't, I wasn't distracting Dan. Okay, good. The, sniff, the sniffles and the sneezes. I don't even notice now. You, well, I'll, I'm turning down my mic as as need be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So I think this actually pairs well because, you know, you guys in, in Quest are tackling these really big questions. You know, what's my purpose here? You know, relationships. But then kind of the ground level is, you know, after you answer those questions, and you guys are even doing this in Quest, is as you're answering those questions, you're taking really close looks at what that means in your day-to-day kind of life. You know, this is my purpose. How does that change everything that I'm doing right now? And one of the things that that comes to mind is is you know what does relationship look like? How do we be an influence to people around us if this is our purpose? You know, if our purpose is to give God glory, how do we do that on the ground level in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, especially in the face sometimes of of hard things like social anxieties or people that are just hard to deal with or all, all kinds of things. I think that pairs really well with this chunk that we're in, in 2 Corinthians 3 on Sunday mornings. Um, we're in this Resurrection Life series, and man, just that same idea of, of if this is our purpose, you know, if we have received this resurrection life and resurrection power from Jesus, and we know that we've been put here to participate in his triumphant parade throughout the world in order to be that aroma, what does that look like, you know? And now we're diving into some some big, again, big topics, big questions, and we're going to call them for the point of this podcast, uh, confidence and compassion, confidence and compassion. So, so maybe to start out, you know, Jason, you had mentioned one of the things that you first started thinking about when Charlie was teaching was that question of confidence and even that question of, of maybe credibility or, um, you know, where those things come from. So why don't you launch us off and we'll go from there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, one thought to be thinking about is where, first of all, just as you're listening, where do you put your confidence? And and I think 
<clears throat> man, I, I, I wonder, I wonder what people would say is their initial go-to, but, um, you know, family, friends, my work, my own abilities, uh, would, would we say in the Christian subcultures, oh no, it's God for sure. It's Jesus. But like, really think about where your confidence is and you'll notice you'll, I, I think a good test is when you're not doing well, when you're scared, when you're anxious, when things aren't going the way you want, when you're going through a trial, where are your go-tos to anchor yourself? Is it scripture? Is it the word of God? Is it reminders of truth? Is it certain sermons? Is it a book? Is it forms of escapism, which a lot of us use escapism as a way to, um, I know that's a weird thing to think about, but maybe like um, certain outlets could be like going on walks, which is, you're like, oh, that's a good thing to do, but um, it could be a um, Netflix or a series that you watch. It could be a podcast you listen to, but it it's a form of escapism, but we think of it as it calms me down or it makes me feel better or I don't have mm. to think about the issue. So anyway, I, it's just self-evaluation. And that's one of the things that Charlie asked us to do is think about, do some self-evaluation of where do I truly put my confidence in? And we know from what Jesus teaches is that our confidence has to be in the finished work of, his, of Christ and the the character of god and his promises and i think isn't that what charlie said guys on the is we have to review god's promises and is he do we trust that he's going to be faithful and consistent with his character and so um yeah i don't know maybe 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 it's less about discussion about confidence and more about a discussion about self-evaluation like we're in this season of life and so i'm talking too long here but i'll just tell you real quick maybe don't think don't go back to your whole entire life think i like to think about in a season in this past month or in these past three months or even in this week where am i placing my confidence yeah Yeah, and i think when i think oh go ahead okay Okay, yeah i you know my my thing was just these two issues are so prevalent in our culture right now because yeah, you know we do we do see a lot of invitations in scripture to to look inward and to think about yeah how how am I doing you know take kind of take stock spiritually where am I at and ask the Lord to to search us and and things like that but you know when I hear, heard Charlie talk about self evaluation on Sunday to me it was like he was saying man um, we live in such a results driven society it's like what are you producing how efficient are you uh everyone in their jobs has quarterly reviews and are you hitting the numbers and yada 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 and and so i think it's really easy for that worldly results based mentality to creep into our ministry and our our life with god and 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 influencing other people because uh, it's just what we're how, where we live, right? But the the results and the the reactions that people have, like how many people have I led to the Lord? Or so so for Sean and I, you know, it's easy for us to to look out and be like, oh, how many people are you know engaged in expressive worship, lift, lifting their hands, clapping, dancing, kneeling, whatever? You know, there's there's these these things that we love to 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 say. What you know to look at and say, oh, am I being, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing or not? It's it's a temptation I think for us, and really like that's that's what I think Charlie was encouraging us not to focus on is is too much on the self evaluation, like because it's going to it's not a solid type of rock to stand on. Do you know what I mean? And I and I, I think maybe the the self evaluation that we were just talking about as it started was this reflection of where is my confidence that is good self-evaluation but yeah, then yeah, yeah. The, the results anything connected to results and a good you know principle or rule of thumb to think about is anytime in the scriptures that results numbers success um those types of things um they they're always talked about closely linked to the work of the holy spirit so it's it's really there's this like underlining current that says like hey those types of things fruit results success numbers um they are the kind work and responsibility of the holy spirit to do in your life you christian are supposed to focus not on those things but on abiding in god like staying connected to god and um faithfulness so those are the two words i think about so regardless in my in my 
home life and my um, work life, yeah, we do care about results and, and those types of fruit. But what I mostly focus on is, am I abiding? And am I being faithful to that which God has called me to in this season of life? And um, not focusing on the results side of things. So more yeah. self-evaluation on the heart, less self-evaluation when it comes to results and things like that. It's, it's, it is sneaky though. Like the worship example is a good example because sometimes the line is not easy for us to, to understand. You know, on Thursday I had a conversation with a young adult before the gathering and they're talking about this prayer gathering prayer room we've been having on Tuesdays. And he said something, he said, Oh man, worship was just lit. It was so on fire. So powerful. And I was like, yeah, dude, it was. And I was, I was curious, so I asked, I was like, what do you mean when you say that? When you say worship is lit, what are you really saying? Who was it lit for? <laughs> are you saying it was lit for us, the, the participants? Or are you saying it was lit for God? You know, kind of follow-up question is, do, are, you, are, you, what, are you getting at that it was more pleasurable for God based on what you just said? Or are you saying, man, it was really powerful for us, the, the goers, the experience is really powerful. And neither of those are bad things, but it's important that we differentiate what we're talking about when we're saying, mm-hmm. man, this is the kind of results I want, you know? And I think my second thing is to your first point, Jason, we're talking about, you know, where's our confidence coming from? I think a really helpful question to ask, um, to kind of what you're getting at is if someone asked you, how, where do you get your confidence from? How would you answer? And that's probably an easier question for most of us. But I think the second question is, if someone had a completely unfiltered look at your whole life for a week, you know, how you spend your time, what you're thinking about, how much time you're spending thinking about this, what you're scrolling through, uh, how would they answer where you're getting your confidence from? And I think for a lot of us, they wouldn't be the same answer, which is, I think what we're getting at here is what's really at the heart of our motivation, the heart of our confidence. And the reason why that matters is, is because Paul's talking about, you know, the, the legitimacy of our ministry, right? And it's the same kind of thing. It's this, it's this contrast between, no, no, we're not worried about eyes on us. We're legitimized and certified by Jesus himself, right? Yeah. And, and there, his confidence clearly in verse two there of, of chapter four is on God's word. He's like, you know, God's word is, is everything that we need. We don't have to tamper with it. We don't have to, to water it down or, um, you know, dress it up or, or it, it stands on its own. It is, it is good and strong and, and we can be fully confident in, in God's word. And so I, I just think that, um, that is, is such a great encouragement for us. And I think it keeps us grounded in this like weird, you know, world we live in that is so results based. Right. And then I think the other thing in under Charlie's first point too, just the approval of, of people. Um, I don't know if that seems like a very pressing issue as well. Um, you know, like, do we, I, I, do you think a lot of people are dealing with that? Like people pleasing trap? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's, it's a whole spectrum of what that might look like, you know, for some people, I think it is very pointed and they're, they're very aware that they're trying to please people and they're really, you know, want to look good and be good and impress people and that kind of stuff. I think for other people, it's, it's really subtle and Satan is really cunning to maybe in ways that they don't even really recognize or understand make people just too worried about how what they do and say is going to be received. And I think one of the ways that that really comes into play is like a a deep fear-based social anxiety, you know? And I I don't know, Jason, I don't know if you've seen this in your area of ministry with young adults, but do you think there's been more anxiety lately um, kind of stemming from this thing? Absolutely. And I I think probably that, Two of the hottest topics we talk about in young adult ministry, and I, and I don't know that it's just connected to young adult ministry because we I see it in family ministries as well, is just this, yeah a, a growing um, struggle what they would call or issues with anxiety, social anxiety, um, a, a cloud of anxiety, um, panic attacks, those types of things, and then um, and then the second one is a, a quick quick link to what we were just talking about this this drive to to people please like i'm living for people and um so i think i think ad- addressing these things you know it's neat that the, the, it's interesting that paul's talking about it um 
led by the Holy Spirit, you know, thousands of years before we're dealing with stuff like this. So it's 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 showing us that it's part of the human condition yeah. that we need to address, right? And yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, I just want to quote, you know, modern philosopher <laughs> and and uh, poet Lecrae. Do you know what Lecrae has to say about this? This is good. This is you can find this on uh, Twitter if you ever heard of it, <laughs> which is also maybe a place you shouldn't be going if you're dealing with social anxiety because <laughs> it is a nightmare there sometimes. But um, he says right here, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. You know, and it makes me think of Proverbs twenty nine twenty five that just talks about the the fear of man or the fear of people is is a snare. It's this dangerous trap. Um, but then he says, when you put your trust in the Lord, it means safety. And there's so many times in Paul's writings, you can look at his letter to the Galatians, where he he basically says, like, look, based off what I'm writing to you, like, does it sound like I'm trying to win human approval? <laughs> no, like, I'm. I, if I was going after human approval, I wouldn't be writing these hard things to you, right? He's like, no, I'm motivated by by God's approval. Um, I'm not trying to be popular with with you guys. I'm I'm I want to serve God. I want to be a servant of Christ. You know, um, and I think you know another a passage that really acts as a parallel to this Second Corinthians passage we looked at on Sunday is in First um, Thessalonians chapter two, and you know Paul is basically just reflecting on his ministry to the Thessalonians um, when he first came there, and he said. He's saying, man, I boldly shared the gospel with you. Um, I, I, I appealed to you, you know, not, not on, uh, based on error or impurity. Uh, I didn't come to you with any attempt to deceive. Um, but, but he says, just as we had been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel, we spoke to you. And then he says this in verse 4, um, we speak not to please man, but to please God. And I love this. It says, who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her her own children. Being so affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, as you became very dear to us. And I think like that is such a beautiful, like um, wise kind of line that we see Paul and his crew walking where their their approval and their mission is from God. And they're not going to swerve from that no matter what. Um, And they're not consumed with the approval of man. They're not driven by pleasing man. but they are very affectionate and gentle and and not kind of like tuned out to their audience and not just kind of blazing and just going for it and being like forget you guys we're just going to steamroll you um so i think i think it's a really great picture of confidence and compassion right that he's like dude we love you guys we came that's why we're here that's why we're sharing this message with you but we're not going to pull any punches because God is testing our heart. <laughs> God is our witness. And and we talked about it last week on the podcast. Like ultimately we're we're living for an audience of one. All of this whether it's a, you know, the fragrance of Christ, it's when we're spreading that around, it's to God first and foremost. Or it's Jesus offering his life as a fragrant offering to God. It's to God. Or you go back in the Old Testament and all the all the offerings of worship and atonement for sin, that was to God. So I just think it, it's a really great picture um, of, of how we, we kind of can navigate, um, you know, in the world with people, but not but not driven by pleasing them. You know, we're, we're driven by pleasing God. Yeah, I think that, that that's really good. And that, that passage you read is a great parallel for kind of where Charlie went from that place of confidence, which is, man, forget about all of that. You First and foremost, do you have an authentic compassion for who you're talking to? You know, like get your mind out of that thinking of, 
metrics and perspectives and how people are going to respond. Like that is so secondary. Instead, man, have a genuine affection and compassion for those people um, and, and let it go from there. Man, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, and I, I think I think with the way things have shifted so much culturally in our world, um, you know, God and, and his ways and his word are in a lot of ways being pushed to the margins of our society. And it's becoming, you know, uh, we're on the wrong side of history, quote unquote, with a lot of the things that we are holding fast to in the word of God. And so do you think some of the anxiety is coming from people in our communities who don't trust and love Jesus and his word, finding out uh, what we believe and what we are, what we're holding to, right? It's like, man, like what if my neighbors knew what I believed about dot, 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 you know, what would they say? And, and there's a fear and an anxiety wrapped up in that. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just listening as you're talking. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sure that's the case in many scenarios. I, I think um, if it's if it's not that, and I don't want to lead you away from your actual question, but if it's not oh, that, it'll care. always yeah. be something because I think the human heart's desiring to be latched to something that's in our spiritual DNA, and so and to have some sense of security. So if it's not rooted in Christ, or it's not and I mean this for the Christian too. I don't, when I say rooted in Christ, I don't mean just having a relationship with Christ. I mean the, the follower of Jesus reflecting on some type of truth daily about Christ that, that anchors me. If it's not that, then it'll, it'll seek to be anchored to something else. And so it, it, in that sense, it would be fear, right? Is that what you're just saying? The fear yeah. of finding out what, what, what I believe or how would I explain yeah. it to them? Yeah. yeah Which yeah, could yeah, be yeah. also people, people approval going back to the people pleasing. Yeah. Them. Yeah. absolutely so yeah i do think that could be that i think also just like a uh which this ties into what we talked about on thursday you know that we're really the heart of a worshipful lifestyle is an attitude of you know surrender and open-handedness which just comes back to again you know are you really trusting that as you have genuine love for christ that the rest is going to be his hands you know Um, i think when you don't have that attitude of surrender in your life then yeah, I think anxieties are, are a natural consequence. And, and some of the ways I think are more nuanced, like it's hard for us to put into words and communicate exactly why it gives people anxiety and affects them, you know? But a lot of it, you know, think about friendships or relationships. That's kind of the big one I keep hearing with young people with anxieties is related to, you know, friend drama or boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. Um, and a lot of that, when you really start listening to them, it's, man, you're not, you're not, surrendering this situation to Christ. You're not open-handedly trusting that God's going to handle it, you know, which then I think, yeah, leads to all those kinds of things you're talking about, Dan. Hmm. And which, you know, that's, that's a parallel to, or that can be translated to uh, not just young adults, as we were saying, but the, the, the professional, the, the mom or the dad who's working full time and figuring out how, to, how am I going to provide for my family? Um, you know, are we surrendering that, the family God gives you is he's going to provide for that. That's his, he's, he's the God of provision. And so he will provide or he'll um, lead you to a faith family that will help provide, or he'll take you home and, and he'll provide forever and eternity. Right. So, you know, or it's the, how are my kids going to turn out? You know, as you're raising oh kids, my gosh. That, it's yeah. that fear of the future that we yield to. Um, and really that surrender is so important than surrendering all these things to the Lord saying, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not the god of my own life. I'm not the queen or king of my own life. I, I've, hmm. I've, I've knelt to you as the king. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah, love to. Uh, at some point, I, I mean, I, I don't want to redirect the conversation, but at some point, come back to the people pleasing thing because I have some resources that we could talk about. But Dan, you were going to say. Oh, let's hit it. Let's hit it. Yeah. T- tell us. Yeah. If if you're listening, beholder, and and you're like, yeah, that's something I I really struggle with. Um. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you guys would love to hear some resources. So, so Jason, what are what do you got? Yeah, well, I mean, not a, just to do a, a. Hopefully, it's not a shameless plug, but we did talk about the purpose series that we're doing on Thursday nights, and near the end of the purpose series, so you got some some months away. Um, but we do we do post what what topics they are on Instagram and on the VBC webpage. But um, there there's a night we're talking about the people pleaser trap, and we're going to really look at. Um, this whole idea of of how do I evaluate if I'm a people pleaser or if I already know 
how do I walk in the way that Christ would have me walk? We'll look at four dangers, the dangers of people pleasing, and then uh, a whole section on, in that in that month on um, how do I how do I break free from this like pattern of pre people pleasing. And what are some real practical ways to do that? So that's just a little plug there. But in the meantime, that great resource would be Robert McGee's book. It's also a workbook. Robert McGee, we'll put it in the in the show notes. Is that what it's called? Sure. Um, uh, so yeah, his book is called The Search for Significance. And what he does is he kind of narrows down um, all lies, all lies that you can believe about yourself, uh, God and the world and people. Um, can be summarized in four different lies. And I, I'll just wow. read them quickly. Lie number one is the approval addict. So, or the approval trap, he calls it. And that's what we're talking about now. I'm, and it says, I must have, or I function in life needing the approval of certain other people. And if I have the approval of certain people, I can be at peace or be happy and I'm okay. And so that's lie number one. And, and then lie number two deals with uh, um, achievements. I won't read the whole lie. And then lie number three deals with living with a lot of guilt and blame and lie number four deals with um just feeling hopeless not not being able to change in your life so he he suggests these four fundamental lies and we just focus on that first one which is the people pleasing one so his workbook is great because their ministry does a thing where it has you like take some evaluation tests look at some stuff and look at the truth of god's word that counters the lie of people pleasing and then make some steps of growth. Um, so that would be a great resource. That sounds awesome, dude. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe a good, a good place to go now is, you know, if you're in this boat or even not, and you just want to, you know, be equipped and encouraged, what do you do? You know, how do we hone this um, compassion focused ministry and, and trust that God's going to do work in that? Like what, what does that look like? And, one of the ways that Charlie really encouraged us, and I guess Paul really encouraged us, is that ultimately that's a process guided by and enabled by the Holy Spirit, right? It's not something that we can just muscle through and do on our own, but it's something that by God's kindness, as we turn to him and entrust ourselves to him, man, the, the Holy Spirit does a work in both our hearts, but then Charlie encouraged us in the hearts of those people we're, we're, we're thinking about and talking to and dealing with. So... On the whole spirit topic, what are some things that stuck out to you guys? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, just the imagery that we see both in Second Corinthians and in Ezekiel, just of God renewing and remaking our heart. And for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus and, and have experienced the regenerative work of his spirit, you know, working in our lives, you get that imagery. <clears throat> You've, you felt it. You felt your heart go from this hard, you know, t stone tablet, um, you know, into a heart of flesh. And, and I think, um, so that was really beautiful. And um, as I was, as Charlie was unpacking the work of the spirit that, um, that Jesus talks about in John 16, you know, I couldn't help but think like, man, this is, this is an ongoing experience, <clears throat> right? It's something that we, for those of us that have the indwelling of the spirit in us, we, 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 ex we experience that at the moment of, of salvation. When we were baptized in the spirit, we, we experience that moment of regeneration and our heart gets changed. Um, but don't you guys think this is, this is an ongoing thing that, that the spirit wants to do in us. Um, you know, as we continue to walk with Jesus, and um, you know, I, I love one of the th one of the ways that the uh, the great Reverend Gary Darnell uh, explains it is the the work of the of the Spirit of God in us is Him taking the things of Jesus and making them real to us, making making the things of Jesus experiential to us, so that. So that the promises of Jesus, the person of Jesus, um, you know, the power of Jesus, all those, all those things are, are felt and they're, um, we can connect emotionally to God through his spirit living inside us. And, um, you know, that was something that I, I think really resonated with me and, and 
I, I really find myself in daily need of that <laughs> renewal and that refreshing of, of, of the work of, of, of the spirit of God. Yeah. And I like that you said, he, what, what did you say? He makes it real. Is that what you is that? Yeah. He takes the things of Jesus and makes them real to real us. Real and felt. Yeah. And experienced. And that's why we can be a maturing follower of Jesus. And years later, read a verse that we've read a hundred times and, or hear about something and then have another, what we call aha moment where you're like, Oh, yeah. wow. like he's constantly showing us things about who God, uh, who God is how we relate to one another, who I am in God. Yeah. Um, and you can expect that. I, and I, I would encourage listeners, do you live with a heart, uh, an expectant heart that, that yearly, you know, monthly, weekly, daily, there's opportunities that the Holy Spirit's wanting to show you new things about um, the beauty of God, how we relate mm -hmm. to one another, areas that he's working and encouraging your life. There's things he's wanting to teach you and show you. I like that. Um, you know, the two sub points of Charlie's me you know, message where it says Jesus and the spirit work in tandem to change our lives. Mm. Uh, the, it's the spirit's going to constantly reveal truth and relay truth to us. That we, that's what we just talked about. But the second one was yeah. that he's bringing us from life to life, which sounds really poetic. What does that mean? It, it, it's, it's, it's showing us that there's this constant um, tutoring and growing that he's doing in your life. And you can expect that. That's what I was just talking about. You need to expect that. And he, he referenced Titus three, four, four, five, and six. Let me read it. When this is, this is Paul reminding Titus, like Titus, remember what happened to you and me. Remember this as you're serving the people out the, in the church in, in Crete, I want you to remember what happened to you and I. So verse four, it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, and our Savior appeared. He saved us. Remember that, Titus? He saved us. And not because of works done by you and me, Titus. Not anything that we did uh, in our own righteousness. No. But according to his own mercy, Titus, he saved us. That's what he's reminding. And how did he do that? By the washing of regeneration and renewal. That's what Dan just mentioned. Of the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit's work he did that. Whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. And I, that phrase, the washing of, of regeneration renewal is the wording in the, I believe in the original language is this ongoing re yeah. regeneration and ongoing renewal. That's why Charlie put it. The subtitle is, is life to life. It's an ongoing process. That's and so I wonder good. if we just need to be reminded of that there. I don't know mm -hmm. where you're feeling as you're listening to this podcast today. If you're feeling discouraged in your walk, if you're feeling encouraged you're feeling like dry, stuck, like but... yeah 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 like like sometimes we feel like crusty and dry and like kind of just like <laughs> you know um i i a lot of you guys know i've been memorizing um romans chapter eight and there's this really interesting um section that at the you know it's uh <clears throat> verses nine ten and eleven and i'll just kind of uh, i'll kind of read it to us it's it's basically um, you know, Paul is describing there's this difference between living by the flesh and living, you know, by the spirit. And <clears throat> the flesh is going to, you know, produce death and hostility to God. And um, it's it's going to produce like fear and slavery. Uh, and, the you know, living by the spirit is going to produce life and peace and righteousness and there's going to be, um, you know, a union and connection with God through that. And, and he says, like, um, you, you uh, are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. And then, and then in, so he's talking about the spirit of God, like living inside of us and making his residence in us. And then it's interesting in verse 10, he says, he says, um, if, if Christ is in you, right? So, and then he says later, if the spirit of Christ is in you. So it's, you know, I think a lot of times we don't understand that, um, you know, the, the, this, we, we get, we get the, the Trinity kind of mixed up, right? Like father, son, and Holy spirit. Like we don't know who exactly is doing what, you know, when, right. And the thing that I, th I have to remind myself of is like, you know, where is Jesus right now? Cause I, I grew up you know, hearing that Jesus is in my heart. Okay. But where is the resurrected Christ right now? Where is he seated? 
Yeah, he's physically in the third heaven. You know, we learned about that in our last series. So, so then who is living in me? <laughs> That's the spirit of God, the, or, or, or what Paul says here in, in Romans 8, the spirit of Christ. And, and it's really interesting. I love what he says um, in verse 11. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Right. And so that's the whole thing of like of the things of Jesus being made real to us. It's through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I just love that idea of like, hey, <clears throat> you're you might be feeling dead. <laughs> you might be feeling spiritually crusty. And and, you know, uh, he says, like, you, you, sin is is kind of breaking you down. But the spirit of God is building you up. He's giving life to your mortal bodies. And, and like you said, like we've been talking, it's an ongoing type of experience, right? I just think, man, that is so good. It makes me think of John 14, you know, I guess both John 14 and John 16, man, so good with the Holy Spirit descriptions, but just your, your, your thought about, um, you know, Christ being shown now through the Holy Spirit <clears throat> in John 14, when Jesus is talking about promising the Holy Spirit, just love what he says. He's like, I'm, Hey, I'm leaving, you know, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Mm. You know, f- the, he says the world will see me no more. Like what you're saying, he's gone. He's not, the world will not see me, but you will see me. He says, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him. And I love this part and manifest myself to him. He's talking about the Holy mm. Spirit. So yeah. just backing up what you're saying, like, man, this is how people are going to see Jesus right now in your community, mm. in your lives, is by the Holy Spirit at work in, in your heart. Yeah, that's so good. And it's going to be, it's going to be like something you can tangibly experience and feel. Um, you know, and, and there might be some people listening that are just saying, wow, I've never felt that. I've never felt like the presence of God. I've never felt the love of God. I've never felt, you know, the, the nearness or, or just hit that, um, that fatherly experience. I haven't had that. Um, I know it's true, but I haven't experienced it. Um, uh, man, what would you guys say to that, to that listener, to that person? Like, how do how do we help somebody like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my things I think I would encourage them is, um, you know, take a deep look at your life and your heart and your actions and your, your thinkings. Cause I think that the, the thought of, man, I don't feel it, um, can be a dangerous one, you know, because God promises the Holy spirit is going to do all these transformative things in our lives that he's going to enable us to see and reflect Jesus and all these things bear fruit. Um, but he doesn't necessarily up oh, when he's awake, doesn't necessarily promise that we're going to feel an exact way about it. You know, now we should feel things, of course, because we're, we're made to be emotional beings and we have hearts and feelings and all these things. And naturally, if we're worshiping God, we should be getting joy and all those things. But all I ought to say is my question to that person would sometimes be, Hey, I understand you don't feel the way right now, but are there signs in your life that the Holy Spirit's at work besides just your feeling? You know, have you conquered, have you conquered any addictions? You know, have you, have you made changes that 
couldn't have happened apart from the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times we we lose sight of those things and even just recognizing that, man, these are the, the ways that God has already moved in my life can lead to some of those feelings that we're talking about not having in the first place. So kind of a backdoor way to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. I, yeah, and I, and I think too, like the... That I I love the imagery from from Galatians five that just talks about staying in step with the Spirit, and if you do, you're going to experience all this amazing fruit of knowing Him, right? It, there's a there's going to be a peace and a joy and a gentleness and a patience and and all these things which which are very emotive types of uh, experiences, right? There, you know, Paul does say you are going to feel a certain type of way <laughs> if you're staying in step with the Spirit, you know, um, and I, I think. Um, that would be a question I would ask too, is like, what have you done recently to like participate and stay in that dance with the spirit? You know, because, um, sometimes you, you, the, the, the spirit of God is wanting to produce something in your life, but you're not participating with him. And so you get into this place of just kind of, it's, it's a, it's a, you're quenching the spirit, you're numbing yourself to what he's doing. And there, there could be some kind of breakdown, not on his end, but on your end. And you might need to retrain yourself, you know, and, and learn again, what does it look like to stay, or maybe for the first time to, to do that dance with the spirit, you know? And, you know, I think a, a question I ask people a lot of times too, is like, man, like when was the last time you ever felt like loved by God? You know, when was the last time, not not that you knew that God loved you because you read it in in a verse, but like, when was the last time you experienced the love of God, you know, in some, some emotional way? Um, and I think that can be a very revealing question too. Um, and you know, it's really interesting. Like I think a lot about, um, the letter that Jesus writes to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2. Do you guys remember what his beef was? What was his complaint? He, he, he had some great things to say. You guys are doing an awesome job in the culture and you're holding up the truth. You're protecting against false teachers. But what was his, what was his beef? What, what was Jesus, Jesus upset about? That you, you turned your back on our, your first love. <laughs> your first love. Yeah, you've forgotten your first love, you know? And, <clears throat> and he says... He says, if you guys don't um, repent and remember the th- remember the things of old, right? You're gonna lose your lampstand. You're, you're 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 gonna you're gonna lose your your your, your you, this beacon of light that that you're meant to carry. And <clears throat> you know, I think there's um that might be that might be a situation for people that are not experiencing the the life to life work of the spirit in them is maybe they have just forgotten their first love and they need to, they need to practice those things um, again that caused them to experience that love. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, the, I was thinking about uh, Emily and I are going on 14 years of marriage this year and it can be so such a, um, a powerful emotional, you know, connection to go back and look at old photos, whether it's like our, you know, photos of our engagement or just the the season of our early dating year, um, or to look at our wedding album, you know, like looking back at those old photos, uh, you're not just like, oh yeah, I remember that event, blah, blah, blah. There's an emotional response when you look back at those photos, it makes you feel something, you know? And so maybe if you're listening and you're thinking, man, I just don't, I don't experience that, like that, that, that joy of the spirit. I don't experience that peace of the spirit. I'm not, I'm not feeling, I do feel like an orphan. Jesus said, he's not going to leave me as an orphan. He's going to give me a spirit, but I feel like an orphan, right? Um, maybe think back to a time when you, when you did feel loved by him in some emotional way and just ask yourself, like, what was I doing during that time? You know, where, what kind of a, what place was I in, in that moment of time in my life? And Jesus tells us, go practice those things of old, get back to that. And, and, and you'll remember my love and you'll, you'll remember your first love. So that would be an encouragement too. You might, might, that, your encouragement or your challenge, Dan, might 
be summarizing those two, like you said, re remember and repent, or repent and remember in, the, in that yeah. Revelation passage. And so there, maybe those are two points that I would spend time thinking back to what, you know, those moments that like Dan's describing. And then do I need to repent for anything? Because there, you know, confession, unconfessed sin is another arena that we can create a block between um, harmony with God. You know, we have in Christ, we have union we were we are always united with god but communion whether we're think about that sometimes we we break our communion like our our connection with god by um unconfessed sin and so that might be a thinking about what is there an area of god that i don't know you don't need to go grave digging and pull up everything you've done in your entire life but at least now is there something god that you're wanting to show me is that it I need ongoing to yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think differently and repentance has to do with not only changing action but also i want to think the way you think about this whatever this that you brought up god um change the way i feel about it change the way i think about it it's not in line with you and there might be some things that we need to be confess that is blocking that intimacy with you and the savior so confess so repent and remember i think those are two two and in order to do that maybe one more challenge we've got to quiet our spirit and what i mean by that is you've just got to you've got to carve time for the spirit, you know, Dan's connected it to like the, um, you know, marriage, you've got to spend time with God. You've got to carve out time. Every relationship requires time and gardening of that relationship. And so, you know, I talked to a lot of young adults who, who would say, I don't feel it, or I don't feel loved, or I don't feel like I experienced the spirit. And then we evaluate their life and it's just so packed, constant, their minds are constantly filled with music and, um, and they're, they're reading blogs and they're, you know, tweeting and they're checking their social, you know, media and they're, you know, going out constantly with friends and then they got family and work and school and all this stuff that really there's just the spirit actually is speaking to them a lot, but they need to quiet and carve out time to listen. And I wonder if, you know, we all can't learn from that. So, yeah. <sighs> that's really good. I think maybe just my ending chunk of that too, is that I think that's so good. And <laughs> Just as an encouragement, you know, I think it's like I was thinking about the Galatians 5 passage, Dan, I think 22 or 23 or whatever it is, um, where it lists the fruit of the spirit. And it's if, if you read the list, I think most of us probably can't say with honesty that we're embodying every single one of those things all the time, you know, and I think it's really fitting because, man, we know that until we're reunited with Jesus, that's going to be the case. So don't be discouraged by that, you know. But rather, um, be encouraged that the Holy Spirit is going to be doing a, a redeeming, renewing work in your life every day to help you grow in those things. You know, again, thinking back to Thursday, we're talking about Romans 1 of just presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. And that's, that's the rub, is that it's not a one-time thing. It's going to require constant work, but... Man, praise God that he gives us instructions and all these different things. You know, some of these things feel intangible, like peace. Man, the fruit of the Spirit's peace. That seems like it's hard to get. Well, God tells us exactly how to find peace in, in his word, you know, and a lot of these things are the same way. He's promised, if you do this, I will give you this and this and this. So just an, an encouraging um, way to look at it. And two, I would say, man, is if, if you're that person toiling away because you don't have joy and love right now, do you desire that? You know, are just the fact that you're having this conversation is an encouraging thing. You know, like again, the Galatians five thing, you know, Paul's saying, Hey, I say walk by the spirit so that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He's contrasting desires of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. So man, do you desire these fruits of the spirit? Cause if you do, then it's a good sign you're in an encouraging place and just stick with it. Keep doing that work of, of renewing your mind in the truths of, of, of God. And trust that as he promises all over scripture, that he's going to to give you the, these fruits of the spirit. It's good. That's good. Good. Yeah. I hope that, that listeners aren't hearing this though. And, and I, I appreciate what Sean was just saying, because I hope we're not, you know, you're not hearing, especially those that are, um, you're kind of driven to more like achievement, like workspace. I got to perform that we're saying like, Hey, you better just work harder. You better just like, you got to do some stuff on your own. You've got to repent. You've got to remember, you've got to like, are you got to declutter your heart and mind? And then you'll get this reward, this payoff of connection with the spirit and intimacy with God. Um, what's tough about it is we are saying that, but we're not saying that. 
You guys know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there is this human responsibility for us to do some stuff and apply um, that which we're learning and that's what God has given us to do. But there is this, what Sean has said, what Dan has said, and what I've said is that the, the spirit is with you and for you. If, if you have, if you've received a salvation through Christ by faith alone, um, it, it, you, the gift of the spirit was given to you. And so he's not going to take that back from you. And God is a finisher. So he's, um, this might blow people's mind, but he's outside of time, meaning he, he's not bound by time. So he's seen the version of you in the future that he's going to be fully, that's fully sanctified you're seated with him mm. in the heavenly places you guys you know you're seated with him yeah. so he's seen that version of you he knows that he's going to get you to that version he treats you now lovingly like that version of that he's making you to be he, and he's going to get you there he's always he's a finisher he always finishes what he's what he starts and he will get you there so the holy spirit is going to guide you and help you and he's along the way and and that's what we're saying and i hope that you guys hear that i think of in philippians um it just talks about um, the, this kind of unique relationship that we have with the spirit um, and our human responsibility. Philippians 2 says this. Um, I just lost it. I want to read it to you guys. Do you guys know what verse I'm going through? Work out and work in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, so it says in Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my, my beloved, just as you have all... Oh, sorry, 2.12, yeah. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, so he's talking to Christians, just you guys have been obedient. You've been putting your faith in action, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence. I want you to continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's often mis misrepresented as like work for your, you should be afraid if you're saved or not. But no, you already in, in the Greek there, you already have your salvation. It's already been given to right. you. Right. Now take it seriously is what he's saying. Like take this seriously and play. There's a human part in you like applying this stuff putting it into practice growing in yourself in your sanctification but it says continue to work out your salvation seriously right for it is god who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good purpose god so you're working out while god's working in it's kind of this like beautiful relationship i'm taking my faith seriously i'm applying it i'm growing and but i know god is working all this stuff out through the, through his spirit and he's going to get me to the end. And God loves you. So this is my last exhort exhortation. And I'm going to stop. Listener, he loves you in every spiritual developmental stage you're in. Just the way a parent doesn't wait for their kid to be perfect in order to enjoy them and love them in each stage. Sure, each state, some stages are easier than others. God, who is the perfect father, he absolutely loves you in every spiritual developmental stage that you're in. And he's going to get you to the end. So be encouraged. That's so awesome. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love thinking of it as a participation that God's doing a work in us and he wants us to, <clears throat> to, to be involved with it. Um, and he's going to enable us with his, his love and his grace. And um, the more we participate with that, the more we're going to experience the things that, that we've been talking about. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Cause it's not like rocket science. It's not some like mystery that we have to unlock or some code we have to break. Like, it's just, Hey, this is, this is the stuff God wants to do in you. And are you going to let him do it <laughs> and, and join him in that process or, or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, man, not a daunting Man, what a big work I have to do in my life still. But instead, what a beautiful, grace-filled, tender uh, blessing it is to be able to participate in that journey with our Father in Heaven, with our Savior Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit written on our hearts, which I bring it back to the Second Corinthians 3, in our Sunday series. My final encouragement is, if you are daunted, or you do feel like, man, it's a lot, or you feel like, hey, you guys are... Easy for you to say, your pastor is our church, you know. Man, whoever you are, like Jason said, if you put your trust in Jesus, you are sufficient. You know, like it or not, you are a minister of the new covenant, and you have been made sufficient to do so by the Holy Spirit and by the salvation you've received. So you got it. Just stick with it. That's awesome. Hey, we love you guys. We love you, beholders. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, hey, uh, Sean and I will not be at Extol. Um, on Thursday night because we got the Rona 
we got the Rona, but we but we've got an amazing <clears throat> team in place. Uh, not the least of which is uh, the the beautiful and talented Natalie Moog. She's going to be holding it down, and um, we got uh, we got Alec Taconi coming in um, and guest leading for us, and then we've just got an amazing team of of Altamont and Crossing uh, worship team members that are going to hold down the fort, and it's just going to be a great time. So we're actually going to be praying and worshiping um, on the focus and theme of developing intimacy with God. And so um, if if this is, uh, if you heard this and it's not too late, get, hop in your car and, and come, come down to the Crossing Campus at 7 p.m. and pray and worship with us. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. I'll yeah. be there. <laughs> I'll be giving you guys prompts, those of you come, some prompts to pray about how to develop intimacy with God. So it's perfect in line with with what we've been talking about and i'll put in the show notes sorry sorry one more thing develop uh delighting in the trinity it's a book by uh what we're reminded reeves right isn't it reeves yeah michael reeves so a book by michael reeves delighting in the trinity that'd be another great book to read if you're just like how does the you know dan mentioned how does the trinity work together what's their different roles and then why do they delight in one another and how why do they so delight in me that's another great one develop yeah. god so it's great. See you next stole this Thursday. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you next stole and then on Sunday and then next week for Behold. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>